0: fast of prayer. Uh, Thank you for what you are doing in our lives corporately and each individually. Thank you because you are working in us to will and to do of your good pleasure. Thank you because you are teaching us to be closer to you. You are teaching us to be sons and daughters. And tonight we invite you again as we dig deep into your word, and you will open our eyes of understanding. We pray that our hearts will be open to receive your word, and we pray that there will be illumination, there will be light, there will be revelation. Uh, We will be able to understand what you're trying to communicate to us, and our lives will never remain the same. In Jesus' name we have prayed, amen, amen. Thank you everyone for coming this evening. Uh, God bless you. I know it's especially for those of us doing the fast. You probably ate on your way in the car or something to just try to make it here. So it's not that easy. Uh, But thank you for coming. all the same. God bless you. Uh, So I want to encourage everyone watching from home or from wherever you're watching from the The outline is always available, some people watch, they don't know there's an outline. Typically they put it, I believe they put it on uh, as a link, but it's also on the website. Uh, I don't know where it is on top of my head now, but uh, maybe the people uh, managing the online can, can let us know. It's somewhere there, right? Somewhere there on the website, I believe you go to the bottom, somewhere you should be able to find Bible study there. Yeah, yeah I can see it there. Yes. Yeah. So if you go there on the website AOFC, you actually see the outline from the past one, so, so it's always very nice. Praise God for our website ministry. They do a wonderful job to you know keep us posted and relevant. And uh, so thank you for that. Amen. All right, so today we're going to continue uh, these teachings. I think they are very, very fundamental. They are very, very revolutionary to anyone that would take them to heart. Uh, So today we're going to do part three of what I call the life-changing prayers, Bible study series. So the first two parts, we cover the two major Pauline prayers found in Ephesians. Those are the two most popular ones. Uh, there's, we're gonna do an, a third one today, uh, maybe a fourth, maybe third and fourth, depending on the time. So we cover the Ephesians chapter one. It's very easy for you to know one is in Ephesians one, one is in Ephesians three. The verses kind of similar. One is seventeen to twenty-one. One is sixteen to twenty-one. So it's easy to kind of really know where these things are. Uh, Ephesians 1, 17 to, 20 to 21 focuses really on spiritual wisdom and revelation. So, focus, focuses on knowing God and knowing the, the things that is given to us right in Christ. All right, so that's very important. So, it's a revelation knowledge of God and revelation knowledge of everything that He has for us uh, because of our relationship with Christ. That's what that prayer focuses on. The Ephesians chapter three, prayer from sixteen to twenty-one, focuses on two things: focuses on our inner man to be strengthened, with, you know, in the inner man, and also focuses on us understanding or knowing the love of God. All right, uh, you know, so I mean, those are really, I mean, it doesn't get better than that when it comes to really the heart of God for us. I think. The reason why I love this prayer, when I, they are revolutionary to me uh, and to many people uh, that I know, is because they, they really, they remove fluff from our prayer. Because honestly, most of our prayers are fluff. I mean, we don't always know the heart of God. We, you know, sometimes it's hit and miss, right? My boss is not very nice and I'm praying. You know, should God kill him? Should God remove him? Should God change his heart? I mean, those are any, it can go anyway. But, so a lot of times we really don't necessarily know the heart of God. But I think this prayer really just go to the heart of God for us. So we, we have no doubt we're praying the will of God. And I think there are prayers that trump prayer. In the sense that the best, one of the analogies is Mary and Martha, right? Jesus told... Mary chose the one thing that is more important, right? So Martha chose many things. You know, So you are cumbered, you are overwhelmed with many things. Sometimes prayer can be like that, can be very overwhelming, you know, a long list. Nothing against our list. There will be times, you know, almost all the time we have something specific that really we are trusting God for, you know, but I think all the time, uh, this is when the Bible says, pray without ceasing. It's really talking about this kind of prayer, Because they are really, they go to the heart of purpose. You know, why God created us. The most important thing God wants us to pursue. And the fundamental things that will really lead to what we are meant to be. Right? Revelation, knowing God. I mean, nothing trumps that. Right? Knowing Everything that God has for us in Christ Jesus, right? The hope of his calling, the inheritance that we have in the saints, the exceeding greatness of his power that is available to us, you know, knowing the love of the Father, the height, that, the height you know, the, the depth, the width, I mean, the love of God for us. I mean, those things are really the heart of what should consume us as believers. And they really make our life, you know, a lot richer. So so that's why so I kinda try to personalize this. Uh, I said I'm gonna see if anyone can without looking at this, can stand up and read and I mean and recite. Let's start with one, Ephesians one seventeen to twenty-one. If you're willing to try, you can rise you can wave your hand. You're willing to Recite one, anyone? We have somebody. Okay, all right. Um, I memorized it from, verse 15, so. from verse fifteen. Okay, good.
1: Therefore, I also, after I heard of, after I heard of your lo- your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. the, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding power? What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to
0: you can stop there. You already passed, so you don't even need to go. <laughs> All right. You can stop there. So anybody else want to try? That one before I announce the gift. Anybody else want to try? All right. All right. So did anybody memorize the second one Ephesians 3 16 to 21? Oh wow. Okay. I guess we'll try next week again. So I owe you uh, a gift card. That's what that will be. Where do you go Dunkin' donut or or which one? You go to ShopRite? Starbucks. So I owe you a $25 gift card to Starbucks, all right? Okay. All right. But this is something that you should memorize. Memorizing it means you're able to pray it for yourself. You're able to pray while you're driving, you're able to pray it anywhere, right? You're able to really just, you know, make it your prayer. And uh, so, and I want to remind us again uh, two things that really happen when we pray this prayer. I think I mentioned that I say number one the the revelation of the truth in those prayers. I mean those prayers themselves are so loaded with I mean things that just your brain would just almost I pray this prayer for myself, man. Sometimes my brain will want to explode. Like I mean my heart is literally pounding just just imagining some of some of the things being talked about here. So they really you know the truth in them comes gradually over. You can pray, you know, gradually. You just, you know, they become your your thinking, your thoughts. And obviously, as you go deeper in that, what begins to happen is the, the reality of those prayers. You begin to see it in your life. You know, you begin to it begins to reflect. You begin to, you know, that those prayers first of all they will be answered because they are the will of God. They're not. They are now bought Eve's. These are the prayer in the heart of the Holy Spirit that is really written for us. So you begin to see a difference, begin to see your life truly reflect the intention of God with this prayer. All right. People online, there's really no way you can recite it. You're going to type it, copy and paste it. So I'm sorry, there's no way we can... (laughs) There's no way we can reward you for any of this. So... Uh these are the times when it pays to be in person, right? All right. So we're going to do it next week again, all right? Anybody that want to memorize, you can memorize any of those against next week. All right. So today we're going to look at another one or we're going to do more if we have time, uh which is the, in the Colossians, so there's one of those prayers also in the Colossians. A Colossian, a piece to the Colossians. All right, and it's found in Colossians one nine through fourteen. So it's it's another very 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 powerful prayer that we're gonna uh, we're gonna look into. All right. Um, so we're gonna read. Uh, we're gonna try to read. Somebody wants to read. Okay, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to ask someone maybe to read the New Living Translation for us, all right? right, So someone can read the New Living. So Colossians chapter 1 from verse 9. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthening with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of his inheritance of the inheritance of the saints in the light he has delivered us from the power of darkness and co- conveyed us into the kingdom of his Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Continue. Some people think maybe you can go a little further, but I think this is enough as a prayer. So I'm going to. anybody can read? Uh, okay. Carol wants to read uh, the. Newly, I just read the New King James Version, so we're going to read the New Living Translation.
1: So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then, the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better.
0: I mean, they just, they give you some depth that you really, or depth rather, that you really can't have on your own. I mean, they have such a depth in them that you you can't have on your own. They force you to think. They force you to imagine. They force you to dream big. They they force you into a, a spiritual realm, a state of mind that is well beyond you. And that's why they are very, very, very important. So we're going to try to look at, you know, just dissect the prayer because part of this is to try to understand what the prayer is trying to say. Then we will now, you know, then it's easier for us to pray them for ourselves, uh, you know, and to memorize them. Uh, memorizing them allows us to even pray them more, right, uh, and vice versa, you know, right? So... So the you know it started here by us praying that they will be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I pers- I mean this I love this. I probably pray almost every day. I use the word almost. There are days I mean, but this this phrase particularly I think is something that is really that we all should really desire. You know, it's praying that they will be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So I believe this prayer goes to the heart of a fundamental key to success in life, right? This is a fundamental key to succeed in life, which is both in our Christian work and in life in general. What is that? Knowing God's will. I mean, just knowing God's will uh, is really the heart of, you know, Every, you know, it's succeeding. It's just, just knowing, obviously knowing allows us to do, right? Knowing and doing God's will is completely, you know, I mean, I would say every person, every godly person, every Christian really want to just know what is the will of God for me. Whether about will we marry, whether about church we we'll go, where we live, you know, profession, even on simple things, what is God's will? Uh, And I think that is the heart of this prayer, all right? But also he says here that knowing God's will comes in form of spiritual wisdom and understanding. I mean, I think this is what this prayer did for me. I mean, before I really uh, maybe understood this prayer or really got into this prayer, I used to think knowing God's will is... It's a little spooky. Something that just, you know, you know. But I think this makes me to know that knowing God's will can just be so natural. All right, it could just be you're so filled with wisdom, right? You just feel with spiritual understanding that what is even coming to your mind is just God's will. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. That that you just your thoughts, it just it's just God's will. I think that is the heart of this prayer. It, it's not just about oh, you know, I fast and pray and say, What is God's will? And I'm just inching to say, Is it this one? Is it this, you know, how you how you just say, Am I erring, you know, or how we picture knowing God's will, right? How about being filled with it. Did you get my point? How about I'm filled with the knowledge of his will? So the thought of my heart, right? You know, I am filled. So I think that is what is... And that is really how God wants it to be for us. So knowing God's will is not something totally external. Something we're grapping, Something we're, we're really open. Somebody will give me a word or... You know, trying to throw a fleece. You know all these things that we do. Oh yeah, Lord, if it's your will, let him wear red today. You know all these, <laughs> all these things we do, you know, to try to say maybe it's God's will. So how oh, about I'm so filled with His will that my even thoughts life, my, you know, my, where process things, I am so saturated with God's will. So. So these are things that came to me why I pray this prayer. Like I'm praying this prayer, and it's just giving me a new way of looking at God's will. So this is what Paul is praying for us. And obviously the, the Holy Spirit is, you know, praying for us to just to you know to know that it comes from in form of spiritual wisdom and understanding. So what is spiritual wisdom and understanding? Anybody wants to try? Or what is wisdom? What is understanding? It's not a trick question. We're trying to learn. We're all trying to learn. All right. I have my sister here that is... All, Hallelujah. This one, this one is to do. Okay. Okay. All right. So she said, "Wisdom is knowing what to do, and understanding is knowing how to do it." Any other person want to? What do you think is getting into here? When you say someone is wise, what do you what what what, what do we what do we really mean? I mean, we've all made that comment before. It's, uh, she's a very wise person. Or she's a very wise woman. You know, that, that boy is very wise. What do we really, what do we really attribute wisdom to? Anybody? Okay. We have uh, Fala trying to say something.
1: Yeah, um, I would say that wisdom is um, proper application of knowledge. So you know what to do. You sort of gotten the knowledge here and there, and you know, you know how to do it, how to apply it. That's okay. what I would call wisdom.
0: But when we really say someone is wise, what makes us to say those things about people? You have to raise your hand. I'm not, right? Because we want people are listening, right? We want them to be part of this. Anybody You're saying? Wow, okay, David is trying to say
2: something. So when they say, when someone is wise, um, sometimes it's just, I agree with what she says, the ability to know something. Sometimes even silence, when not to say something, um, when to be humble, but not necessarily applying knowledge. It's just, uh, that's why the Bible says wisdom comes from above. So sometimes it's not just, Applying something like saying something that is wise in the room. Mm-hmm. It's just being able to let the inner spirit that like God in you tell you when to act, when not to act. Like things people don't see.
0: Okay. So I can still
2: someone is wise. When they act in that way and the result is like, they didn't say anything, but they own the room.
0: Okay. Any other person want to try? Okay. Uh, perhaps it could be
3: Knowledge through experience. Okay. So now you know they've gone through something, and they could pass it along wisely.
0: Okay. So really, when we say someone is uh, wise, normally I think we we judge that by how they make decisions. Typically, right? We know enough of them to know that. They they just make the right decision. They just seem to do the right thing. They just seem to do what is fitting for that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, so I mean I think you spiritualize the question too much because I'm just saying when we say someone is wise, right? We 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 just think they just make they seem to just make the right decision. They seem to just say the right thing, right, when <laughs> when they want to talk, right? They seem to just act right. They seem to just do things that, wow. On the inside, you're like, wow, I probably wouldn't have acted like that. I mean, that was such a, that was such wisdom, right? Uh, I also think when we say someone is wise, we also tend to look at how they reason, right? Maybe we have conversation with them or we're close to them. We see that they just, the way they process Things just is a little bit at a higher level than how we most people do it, right? So, I think that's really uh, wisdom. Uh, Now, when we now translate that to spiritual wisdom, right? When we translate that to spiritual understanding, uh, I think we can begin to understand. What the Bible is saying here, right? That means someone really just seems to do what is right according to God in situations, right? I mean, just they just seem to do almost naturally, right? What we believe or we know God approve of. Uh, obviously, because we know the Bible, we know a little, a lot of time we can even maybe. It will be in the hindsight, right? Maybe they find the same situation. Someone is cursing them out. They just decide, like David said, to keep quiet. And they make a fool of the other person. And everybody's like, wow. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't have done that. I mean, naturally, I feel like I would just hit back. But them just keeping quiet in that moment was just like, wow. Or they just said one word, and that one word was like, wow. How did they know to say that? You know, so wisdom is really being able to to do the right thing by, with, you know, according to God, all right? Understanding is obviously being able to process information, you know, because it's our thinking that leads to our action, right? Understanding is really what leads to wisdom, right? Wisdom means, uh, understanding is a function of our, Thought process, how we read things, how we read people, right? You know, I can see two, I can see someone just um, acting crazy, but something tells me, maybe there's a little more to that, or something like that, or I have a different reading, uh, you know, which is understanding is a function of knowledge. They are all connected, uh, but wisdom really is a function of how, you know, people make decisions would be. were you trying to say something?
3: All right. Yeah, Pastor, that, that was a very good uh, explanation. So the Apostle Paul is, uh, the question was, what is wisdom? What mm-hmm. is knowledge? What is spiritual understanding? And uh, I believe the Apostle Paul qualifies or even answers those questions in the following verses. Uh, he says, wisdom looks like one who walks worthy of the Lord. Wisdom, knowledge, and spiritual understanding looks like one who pleases him. Mm -hmm. It looks like one who is fruitful in every good work. It looks like one who increases daily, continuously in the knowledge of God. It looks like, in other words, he doesn't say this is what it is Mm -hmm. like in a technical terms, but he says this is what it looks like. Yeah. It looks like one who is strengthened with all might.
0: Amen.
3: Right? It looks like one who, uh, you know, uh, who is strengthened in all might according to his glorious power. So he goes on, he qualifies the statement. He amen. qualifies the petition with with what he says in verse 10. Amen, amen.
0: All right, so that that which takes us to where we're going. And he said that you may walk worthy of the Lord, praising him. So there are two ways to read this. He's talking about maybe the result of this. Uh, some people will read it and say he's also saying that this can happen to you, that we may, he's praying that we may be able to walk worthy of the Lord. I mean, they are all connected, one way or the other, right? You know, being filled with the knowledge of his will, being filled with wisdom, being filled with spiritual understanding allows us to walk worthy of the Lord and fully pleasing him. Obviously, we can't please God unless we know his will, all right? Because we don't get to set the exam for ourselves, right? You don't walk into exam and just... You know, state the question and answer it. Now forget, you know, it has to be the will of God. So pleasing God is knowing his will, all right? And uh, so, you know, that's that's what he's trying to say here, right? So what does it mean, you know, that's a question. Of, to walk worthy of the Lord and fully pleasing him. I think it's, I mean, every sentence here is loaded. So I think it's good to, kind of shake it a little bit, maybe we get some something out of it. Alright? So do we have anyone that wants to help us? Uh what does it mean to walk worthy of the Lord? Anyone want to try? Okay, so we have Michael Um for
2: to walk worthy of the Lord means to... Um, understanding God's will Mm -hmm. and uh, fully pleasing him Mm -hmm. is walking in that way because it's one thing for you to know God's will and be filled with his will Mm -hmm. it's another thing for you to actually walk according to the will of God so I think fully pleasing him for me is walking walking according to his will and and fulfilling that
0: um, okay that's good, any other person? All right. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I would say that it's walking in complete obedience and walking in obedience. Okay. Walking in complete obedience. I think you answer one part fully pleasing. What is walking worthy of the Lord? Said, there's another verse in Ephesians, I believe Ephesians four one, that talks about walking worthy of the vocation with which you are called. Somebody's okay.
1: I think it means walking with the the knowledge and recognition of the great sacrifice that Christ made on Calvary. If if we have that in mind all the time, you don't just live anyhow. You know, you, you, you do what God wants you to do because you know what it cost for us to have this relationship with him. So I think it's like you, you want to be, wor- I mean, Christ makes us worthy, but you, you don't want to just dismiss the sacrifice
0: Amen. Of Christ. Yeah, so I believe he's saying that we we'll walk in a manner that that live up to what we've been given. Or, you know, to walk worthy means to live up to, right? Worth, when you use the word worth, worth is value, right? So, you know, if I know someone is really, you know, well-to-do, they are doing well, they, I mean, and they just, always wears raggedy clothes or something like that. I say, that can, can you live worthy of, you know, who you are or something like that? And I, and I think he's trying to say, look, knowing the will of God, right? You know, and working in the center of God's will allows us to truly, uh, so it's possible to, you know, to have the Lord, to have um, our life, one to reflect, God's glory, right, God's majesty, God's, God's intention for us. So he's saying this allows us to walk worthy of the Lord, right, and, of course, fully pleasing him. You know, that means it's, a lot of believers will kind of please God a little bit, but fully pleasing him is really the, it, that's our goal. Our goal is to fully please God. And this is a function of daily life this is a i believe this is a function of how we think how we see things you know how we make decisions you know how we interact that the totality of our life you know words that come out of our mouth right even how we see people how we interpret people's action you know everything we do is just in line with god And I think this prayer allows us to, and I want you to know, it started by saying, to be filled with it. It becomes something that when you are filled with something, it just comes out, right? Comes out of it. So, to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. And it continues, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Wow. You see that this is, it's going deeper and deeper, right? You know, so so it goes to living a fruitful life, which is, what does it mean to be fruitful? What does it mean to be fruitful? It looks like simple things, but these are, you know, somebody's, David is raising his hand at the back.
2: I'll use the word to flourish.
0: Okay, to, to flourish.
2: To progress, to excel, to show forth what you bear inside, to make disciples. A lot of it.
0: Yeah, to be, to be fruitful. So any other person? Pastor, will be want to say something?
3: So on a fruit-bearing tree, the fact that it bears fruit is indicative of two things. It's fulfilling its purpose. Mm-hmm. And number two, that it's a healthy tree. Okay. So when we look at our fruitful Christian life, we're fulfilling our purpose as believers. And it's
0: indicative of a healthy mm-hmm. Christian life. Yeah. So fruit is health, right? Fruits uh, you know, fruit means just 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 bearing fruit, showing forth evidence, proof, having any, and I like I put it being fruitful in every good work, right? So he attacks it to works, what we produce, what we do. Acts 10.38, our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good, right? He went about doing good and healing those who are oppressed of the devil. The Bible says we were created unto good works, right? So, and it's saying that, so we are fruitful in every good work. That is, so all means we are producing it. We're fruit is multiplication, right? You plant a tree, you I mean you plant a seed, it bear fruit. Then that fruit can be hundred of those seeds, right? Thousands sometimes. So that means our life is just, you know, bearing fruit is making impact, is multiplying, is just flourishing, you know. So being fruitful, and it, and that's Jesus' intention for us, right? Uh, John 15, Jesus talks about every branch that bears fruit, right? You know, and every 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 branch that does not bear fruit, what does he do? Cut it off. And the one that bears fruit, what does he do? He not, he prunes it so he can even bear because he's so excited. You know what? This is bearing fruit. He doesn't try to fix the one that is not bearing fruit. Isn't that weird? That you're not bearing, we cut you off. You're bearing, we make you to bear more, you know. So, and he's saying that when we, we're filled with the knowledge of God's will, right, we're walking in the knowledge of will, we, you know, we're full with wisdom, we're filled with spiritual understanding. This allows us to, you know, you know to walk worthy of him, to pl- fully please him in all ramifications you know, not just when we're in church, you know, but in all ramification we're able to please him, then we are fruitful in every good works. Every, in all manner, of, even service, in what we do, we are fruitful, and he's saying, and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know, I, I think this is really powerful because, see, knowing God is also a function of how we live. Right? When we are fruitful, uh, we put ourselves in a position to have a much more intimate relationship with God. Right? When we, you know, we are working in God. You know, we are filled with his knowledge. We are pursuing that. He allows us to even be able to know God more. He puts us in a position where it's almost like we're in a, in a different level, different category. You know, we become like Job. You know, God said, have you seen my servant Job? You know, you know, Job is another level. That's what that's that's what you know, that's what God was telling Satan. He's like Job is you know, it's it's, a, it's in a different category. You know, and I think this is this is what prayer this prayer is about. All right? Fruitfulness in all these things leads to us even growing in our knowledge of God, then he goes, He goes further and he says, Strengthen with all might. And you remember my that statement according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Right here is another prayer for inner strength that we learned last week, right? From Ephesians chapter 3. You know, verse 16, it talks about God will grant you, right, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened by his spirit, right, in the inner man. So that's, so he, he goes, so some there are things that are just, they are common thread when you look at all this prayer. All this prayer talks about knowledge, revelation knowledge, spiritual wisdom, understanding, a, a lot of, you know, oh, you will talk about, Being strengthened, you know, obviously he's talking about inner being here because he's saying being strengthened with might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering. Now, there's probably a reason why he's emphasizing this because they need patience and patience is a function of inner strength. You know, it, it actually takes more strength to be patient than not to be, right? So some things that are, That qualify as strength in the in the spiritual might not look as strength, you know, in the flesh, right? It takes a lot of patience, you know, to to I mean, a lot of strength, rather inner strength, to be patient. It takes a lot of inner strength to go through maybe challenges of life and still be at peace, and still be nice, and still be kind, and still be joyful, and still be nice to people. You know, a lot of people who don't have inner strength, when they go through these things, right? They are not patient. They are not, you know, they are not nice. They are very abrasive. They are very nasty. They are very—I mean—you can see it how people drive on the road. You know that they have a lot of inner healing problems, right? They just—I mean, <laughs> someone, someone just overtake you. They think you are slow. They overtake you and they slow in front of you. They slow down in front of you. You're like what? We're just going somewhere. What you mean? I mean, like, we're just driving to the grocery store or whatever. We have to be doing all that on the road? Wow. People are sick inwardly. They have some internal rage. They have weaknesses, you know. They have serious problems. So, he's so saying here that we have inner strength. Inner strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So having inner spiritual strength, you can see it's important to Apostle Paul, right? You know, it's very important to him. Um, Hallelujah. So, and, uh, and I love the way he ends this prayer in verse 12 to 14. So he ends with thanksgiving, and even in the thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is embedded with a lot with deep spiritual truth, right? Uh, I actually love this a lot. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us, you know, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. He has uh, delivered us from the power and you know, from the kingdom of darkness, and He has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. You know, so it's a very it's it's Thanksgiving, but He's also trying to point to something you know, that is so deep. It's a giving thanks unto the Father who has, and and I put a a list of things he's thanking God for here. So even when we do thanksgiving, sometimes our thanksgiving are so dry because they're not even hinging on something that is deep. So here he's saying, you know, I'm giving thanks to the Father who qualified us, right, to be partakers, of the inheritance of the saints. We've been talking about inheritance of the saints. The inheritance of the saints, right? And he's saying, look, how did you even qualify for this inheritance? How? God qualified us. So he said, I'm saying, Lord, I thank you. Because you qualified me to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. Hallelujah. And he wants, he continues to say, he delivered us from the power of darkness. That's, part, that's what we have. You know, that's part of our inheritance. Like he delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or translated us into the kingdom. So all of a sudden, you even begin to understand your, your salvation experience a lot more differently, right? He deli- so being saved means being delivered from the power of darkness and being conveyed, being transported, into the kingdom of his dear of the son that he loved or dear son. And he said, in womb that is in Christ, we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of our sins. I mean that's that itself you can stay in that. You can you can take this one and one and go and repeat it and really just just meditate on it and dwell in it. And your Thanksgiving is louder and is deeper and it's you know, you can sit on this alone and you just you're just basking in it. I mean that is really what these prayers can do. They can take you to a realm now by you know, if you do this six months, I mean you you probably won't recognize yourself. You probably will be so shocked about who you are. Personally, a lot of struggles, a lot of things, we, you know, because they are just so powerful. You, you begin to, I mean, you, you begin to just operate on a different spiritual place. You know, I, I, like there's the song Higher Ground. I love that Higher Ground. There's a verse in the song Higher Ground. He said, My heart has no desire to stay. Where doubt arise and fear, dismay. Others may dwell where these abound. My prayer, my hymn is higher ground. And when I sing that song, that's my that's my favorite part. And I'm and I'm like but that's where most people dwell. Most people dwell in the midst of that. I think this prayer takes you to a place where it's just different. I tell you, you enter into some prayer meetings, man, they will just feel so like they have Lightweight, There will be feathers. There will be feathers. They, they won't have such a pull. You know, there are some prayer you pray. They have such a pull. They take you to some realm that you are like, wow. You come back, you can feel like you have touched the heart of God. You've touched somewhere. Uh, so that's really the goal of this prayer. All right sorry guys online that's what happens when you have people with you you just you forget about people who are not in the room so let me go and get some of the comment online wow we have uh, it's it's bubbling online too so we've had some question to the question of wisdom Uh, I think a lot of us give a lot of people online also give similar things Someone said, Mercy said, a wise person is someone who uses a strategic approach to doing something, all right? Someone said, wisdom is when a person is knowledgeable and applies good judgment, okay? All right, and uh, a few people also answered the question of walk worthy of the Lord. To walk worthy is to walk worthy of the calling, To walk worthy of the Lord is to live to please the Lord in obedience to his word. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. Uh, I believe the people on the... Are we we streaming on Facebook? It doesn't look like we are. All right. All right. So Facebook ain't working right. Oh, okay. I'm there now. That's mine. There's really no comment on Facebook, so... That's all the action is on youtube okay okay so we are going to try to do um, philippians is so so this is one this is the prayer in the in the colossians that's you know there may be one line here and there but when you talk about re prayer this is the one we find in Ephesians then we found a few in philippians there are two One really, but the other one we can kind of count it as prayer. So I put it in there. Uh, But we have about three shorter ones in Thessalonians. So we're going to cover the Thessalonian one. There are three in Thessalonian. Uh, We're going to cover them next week. Uh, You know, but hopefully we can kind of go through this one. But the Philippians one are also very, very good. So the first one is in chapter one. Uh, A lot of times you find this prayer in chapter one because he... You know, he opens. You know, you know, you know, by reminding them or by telling them how he's praying for them. So, Philippians one, three to six says, "I thank my God upon every remembrance of you." I mean, that's. I just love this when I read this. I mean, like you know, just hearing um, your apostle, you know, just write to you and say, you know, each time I remember you, I thank God for you, and he said. Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with joy. Uh, now, I think I've, I've done uh, a four or five week teaching on Philippians before. Uh, if any of you will remember. Uh, I think you actually will, you will understand this prayer more if you listen to that teaching. I did like a four or five week series, chapter by chapter of the book of Philippians. And I was able to give the background, the relationship between the Philippian church and Apostle Paul, how he's so deep, how the letter is just the most joyful, the most exciting, the most, you know, the emotion of the letter is really amazing. It's the most joyful letter. Uh, so he's telling them, you know, making requests you know, request for you all, for your fellowship in the gospel. Fellowship kind of means partnership in that regard from the very first day until now. But six is really what I love. And I, and I use it a lot. I love verse 6. It says, being confident, you know, saying my prayer for you, I am confident of this very thing, that he will be a good walk in you. We complete it until the day of Jesus, of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, this is a very powerful prayer, or we can call it confession or affirmation or declaration of confidence in God, right? Confidence in God. And it comes in handy in praying for ourselves. It comes in handy in praying for other people, right? I've used it a lot, maybe in praying for other people who are going through or who are making slow progress. And I'm confident that God, who began the good work, right, is able to complete it. And I think it's a very powerful prayer. That inserted in there, technically may not qualify fully as a psalm prayer, but it's also something I just thought I will put it in there. It's something to memorize. Actually, the verse six, just after verse six, being confident of this very thing that he or God will begin the good work, is able to complete it or will complete it. You know, and it's good for you to even remind yourself, God has begun a good work in me. He will complete it. Amen. Until the day of Jesus Christ. That is, it's almost like God has begun, he will continue and he will complete it. I mean, it's a continuous prayer in that regard. Amen. Now, the fuller one is Philippians Chapter 1, that's in chapter 1. If you go to verse 9, Paul cannot really now talk about, explicitly about his prayer again. And he said, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, I mean, you cannot help but see how hollow and shallow and sometimes shameful our prayers are, right? I mean, I mean, if you compare your prayer with this prayer, how does that measure up? I mean, look at This is him praying for them. And and that's why this this is something that we all should really, this should be the thrust of our prayer. So he's praying for the Philippian church and he say, you know, I'm praying for you. I always remember you. Every time I'm praying, you know, I know that God, you know, who began the good work is able or will complete it. And I pray that your love may abound still More and more. Somebody want to read that? Let's try to read that in New Living Translation. Does anybody want to read New Living Translation? Philippians 1, 9 through 11. Who is going to read? Okay. She wants to read for us. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so it, this is another very, very powerful prayer that we can pray for ourselves. So he's praying here that their love may abound still more and more. But he always link, I mean, one thing about Apostle Paul, he links things. I mean, everything is linked in knowledge and in all discernment. You know, knowledge, discernment. Helps our love to grow more and more. He's talking about their love for God, their love for each other. You know, and you know that love is everything, right? God is love. The most important thing is love. There are three there are bears, witness, love. You know, there are, you know, there's joy, there's hope, right? And what a love. And I think the greater one is love, right? I'm missing that. I'm skipping faith. All right. And he said but the greatest is, lot love. And in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, he ended it by saying, I will show you a more excellent way. And what is the more excellent way? Chapter 13, love. If I have everything, if I can speak in tongues of angels and I don't have love, you know, I am nothing. So he's saying that, so my prayer for you is that you you know your love may abound more and more. So just look at look at how this prayer just get your mind to just go to you know I'm praying that your love will abound more and more in knowledge and in discernment. And he's saying that you may approve the things that are excellent. You know that is, just love allows us to approve what is excellent. What is excellent is what is God's standard is excellent. Hallelujah. You know, in Romans, I kind of, I link it to Romans 12 too, right? You know, it talks about renewal of our mind, right? So you'll be able to know what is, actually it uses the word so that you're able to approve, right, what is, Huh? Ple- what is pleasing and acceptable to God? Yeah. So, so in the same sense, he's trying to say that your love, we are bound more and more, you know, in knowledge and wisdom, and you are able to approve. Actually, he's saying you are able to discern. You are able to confirm. You see, you are able to confirm. You see, what is excellent is what is excellent, you know. But you are able to. Your heart is able to recognize it and say. This is excellent, you know. But he's saying, the love of God put us in a position. Look at how even this prayer is linking love to that, right? You're able to approve things that are excellent. Then he's praying for them that they may be sincere without offense. You know, look at, look at that prayer, you know. Many times we... You know, we struggle with offense, right? We struggle with all these things. So he's praying that they will have a sincere heart. They will be without offense until the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. I mean, we can go on and on with this prayer. The goal is just to go through them and Shake them a little bit. You can never exhaust them. This is something that we, you know, I just want to bring our attention to it. And we can, you know, make them our prayer life. You know, so our advice, you know, we'll we'll conclude this next week. But our advice is just copy them in a, you know, maybe on your notes, right? We all have notes. Thank God for notes, right? You know, you can open it and pray for yourself. And you know, by the time you do this, over, if you can't memorize like Dammy, you know, hopefully by the time you do this in six months, you'll get there, right? You're able to at least pray it on your own, even if you don't have the notes. Amen. All right. So we're gonna to close tonight. We're gonna to continue next week. I'll conclude next week. Next week we're going to cover three short prayers in uh, Thessalonians, right? And we're going to cover that. Okay, I think uh, we, you know, it's time to close before we pray. Uh, If you want to give an offering, uh, please make sure you can do that. All the means of giving are on the screen, most of us you know, know what to do anyways. So we can do that. Uh, so next week, we conclude this on Sunday. Obviously, we'll be here. Uh, so please invite someone. And uh, let's, if you're a worker and you're listening to me, uh, let's be here 9.30 a.m. on Sunday to pray for Fresh Anointing Prayer. And you know, we look forward to that. Saturday is big. How many of us know what is going on on Saturday? Okay. Tongue of fire prayer. So we're going to be here. I am really looking forward to Saturday. All right. Let me give my offering, then we pray and we can close. All right, Pastor Keep, I'm not missing anything with the announcement, right? All right. So I'm good. So how many of us were blessed tonight? Okay. All right. Praise God. All right. All right. So Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to just dive into these words, ancient words that is ever true. Pain, 2,000 years ago, was still alive and fresh today. So we ask that, Lord, the words today will just be planted in our heart. And they will bless us. They will transform us. And we ask for grace to be able to apply these words, pray this prayer in our daily lives. And we ask all this by the help of the Holy Spirit in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. Enjoy your the rest of your evening.